0: welcome to Ultra Catalyst. I'm your host, Steven Nosek. We'll be exploring the one decision people make to drive change in their lives. Join me each week to hear from a variety of guests about what they did, the techniques and strategies they used, and how they're now leading their best lives. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, listeners. Hopefully, you're having a wonderful weekend. I'm your host, Stephen Nosek. Welcome to the Ultra Catalyst podcast. Today, we got a special guest in the house, my friend Anthony. We will talk to him in just a minute. Now, for those that are just checking out this channel, what are we all about? Well, we're about talking to everyday people, listening to their backgrounds, identifying what are those elements in their life, where they just weren't having it, and there was that spark that changed everything. Maybe it was their decision, spiritual, health, financial, relationship, business, you name it. They made some sort of change for the better, and now they're living some of the best life they've ever lived, and they're continuing on their journey, and they're here to share their story with us. So let's begin today and welcome our guest, Anthony Shepard. What's up, man? How are you doing today?
1: What's up, Stephen? Great to be on the show. Thanks for having me on, brother. I appreciate you a whole lot.
0: Oh, thank you, brother. Thank you. It's good to see you. I know we connected about two, two and a half weeks ago on a 360 Driven Society call. And uh, man, what you're doing, what I've been following you on Facebook and Instagram really resonates. And so I want to talk a little bit about that today. Sound okay?
1: Yes, sir. Excellent.
0: Excellent. But before I get into kind of those tidbits that I'm going to uncover, can you give us just a little brief background of how you came about um, into personal development and into the 360 Driven Entrepreneurs and Society group? Oh,
1: man, where to to begin there? Well, I'm the oldest of four. My my father was a civil servant. He didn't serve in the military or nothing, but I come from a military family. He was a firefighter. Mm -hmm. and so I've been around kind of you could say personal development throughout my entire life and as youngins we figure out we're going to go mow yards or try to wash somebody's car to make a little money because there's something maybe we want to get Yeah. and it's just gone from there but I would say it's been one four five years back four or five years back since we're in twenty twenty three now that I was at a stage in my life that I was tired of moving around from shop. I'm a mechanic by trade. I've been doing that pretty much all my life, been turning around since I was seven. Various other jobs throughout, but as for the mechanic, it's always been there. And I got approached by a, a gentleman that had his own shop at one time. And I tried like the devil to get in and work for him because I knew there was something there and i would always wanted to.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, the opportunity came years later that he would approach me. And this was supposed to be the end all be all of shops where it was going to be the standard set and it seemed to have the right structure at that point in moment in time but the outcome was it really wasn't the right setup it was fine for who I was trying to work with but as for the business owners that was not the right mix Mm -hmm. and that's one of the biggest downfalls that it had But during that time, I reached out to a gentleman named Tony Mm Watley. And I messaged him on email, and I didn't know whether he would respond or not. I knew of and who he was, but I didn't actually, like, really know him. Mm -hmm. You know, he's been in the car scene for, God, at least 20-plus years. Yeah, Yeah. I know he used to do articles and He's had a few cars covered in magazines. So I sent him an email. And lo and behold, he actually replied. I still have the email to this day. That's something I'll never forget. Mm -hmm. And I poured my heart out. But he was like, there's nothing I can do unless they reach out. Because I didn't have any type of ownership. I was just the lead tech. And from there, uh, he sent me, we went back and had a few conversations. I understood. But he sent me a copy, first two chapters of his book. Mm -hmm. And then that led to me grasping into the 365 Driven Entrepreneur side of it. Which led to the society and which branched out through many different things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: What else?
0: Well, I, different- I, yeah, no, that that's awesome. So let's <laughs> let's dig into to some of the stuff that you're doing now, right? Mechanic by trade, right? You like to get your hands dirty, right? I remember uh, gosh, I was I was like 16, 17. Um, some of my relatives used to call me Grease Monkey because I literally was working on my car like every single weekend because the fucker kept breaking down, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so I got a little experience, but it's been it's been many years since I since I turned any wrenches. What's kind of your favorite cars that you're working on now? I think I've seen in your a lot of the videos that you post um, are Corvette related, right?
1: Yes, sir. My fa- It didn't used to be my favorite. Oh, man. That used to be pulling teeth to get me to even touch or think about working on a Corvette. Wow. But of course, where I started out, I started out in general, mm-hmm. which was, and I was heavy line, but they also did muscle cars. I started really where I got an education as Bob's Auto Express
2: okay. off of
1: Spring Cypress. And that's where i got a true education and some humbling oh i got humbled <clears throat> <laughs> but i also learned a lot because that's where the education of the the flow mm-hmm. came from for to learn the eye for detail and how it comes together to create the whole versus just a little window mm-hmm. and From there, I always wanted the performance side more than the general. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: A lot of people like to complain about general, where you become that grease monkey and busted knuckle garage education. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of the physical mass parts, the heavy line stuff, motor, transmission, suspension, exhaust. That was all mine. That was my specialty. That does gravy work. The electrical now that's a different ball game. There, it's not just gravy. For some who understand and just see it, then it's super easy for them. But for guys who don't fit under dashes and getting into a pretzel anymore is not my cup of tea. So it came to a point to where I got into late model racecraft back in okay. 2016. And that's where I got immersed into Corvettes and Camaros. And yeah. he had a few trucks that would come in here and there that he really mm-hmm. didn't push. Um, just a variety, but the main platform was Gen- General Motors. And that's where it took hold. Working on a Corvette became super easy because the ones I originally worked on, we're talking 1960s, oh, sorry. 1970s, into the 80s. The only one I don't work on to this day is that ugly octopus motor, and I'll leave it there because it has no <laughs> sex appeal. It is just a square block <laughs> So for all the Corvette guys out there, they're going to get a little stung by that one because there's a few that just idolize that car that I've come across, but it's not the gym. If you want the gym, for me, the gym is the bubble mouth. That is the most okay. beautiful Corvette they ever made.
0: The, describe that. What, what's the, What's that look like in the front all the way to the back, right? What are some of the key features if someone was looking at a car show or driving down the road and they actually saw uh, one of those models
1: well the the bubble it, it's on un, i unlike any other you can't mistake it it's got a nice sculpted round body got nice clean curves but in the front it's just got this big old grill smile
2: mm-hmm.
1: with in an oval shape of a mouth and it's just it glides. And it just always smiles at you and it's got night nice, it's got a nice romp in the back. Mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. So it's really a, it's not too streamlined where yeah. it's going to cut. It's more or less the hourglass figure of the corvettes. Yeah. So it's really the most attractive for me because it has more curves.
0: Yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. It, when I was younger, um, my stepdad actually had a Corvette. Uh, I think it's like 1971 or 72, 73, and it was a um, kind of like a metallic gold dust color. Like, it, but it was faded, right? I mean, this was probably in the 90s, but he, he had it for like 20, 30 years, right? And uh, I just remember being taken around in it and you have the window down with your hand out the window and, and uh, it's something else riding in a Corvette, right? Uh, especially, it, my family didn't have anything like that for the longest time. We had some neighbor friends that had Corvettes. Uh, but yeah, there's just something, something about it, you know, that American muscle car um, of a Corvette that just stands out. That's awesome that you've had that much experience and you're working on those things regularly.
1: Yes, sir. Deal with my favorite package to do is an 850 horsepower package. That's the best of all. Daily driven. Go drive it to the track. Have fun with it. Drive it back home. It doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be a trailer queen. I do not agree with any of these guys who love to put them in a bubble and keep them in the garage. They were designed to be driven and enjoyed, not sit there and look pretty and collect dust and be wiped off. So I don't agree with anything that you can't go drive. I don't care how exotic or rare it is. It was meant to be driven. It's not um, all aluminum Bugatti or anything. You know, it's a Corvette. Go drive it.
0: Yeah, it's you're supposed to strap in and put your foot on the pedal and let it go. And obviously you want to be in a safe environment if you go a little excessive, uh, with the speed, but at the same time, um, what, what I like about it, them is, uh, the sound that comes out of the exhaust on some of them, especially the early model ones or, or the ones you were describing, uh, newer ones, um, yeah, just their designs a little awkward, but, uh, there's just something about the sound of a Corvette as it's go taking off, right. Especially from zero to 45, 60, whatever it is. Uh, It just sounds something else. I've seen in some of your videos, kind of neat, you're like, it sounds like you're tuning them because you have them actually running and then you could hear the exhaust uh, when when you uh, turn them up a little bit, which is kind of neat. Do you take a lot of videos when you're doing work on the cars?
1: When I'm not super swamped, then I do, I make the time for the videos but if there's a backlog of stuff I got to deal with, there'll be spans that I, I don't constantly do videos, but I, I do try to regularly not just show what I can do, but to help educate, yeah. especially when there's issues or things that get overlooked from all these keyboard warriors or my buddy, this, or Hey, this buddy, his buddy, that there's a lot of that out there. And everybody has, such a uneducation about what they're receiving. They don't know whether it's true or if it's false. So they really don't know which way to go. And until they understand it, they won't have that direction, but they have to seek to understand it. But most just want to fall in the, the category of their average complacent. Oh, my buddy said this. We're good. He knows what he's doing.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, and I, I, I remember from my days as a mechanic, and and you've even said this. Uh, I think it was like two, three, maybe four weeks ago, that um, you don't really know what's going on until you actually look under the hood, right? You could hear the sounds, you could kind of see what some of the symptoms are, but until you really diagnose the problem, all that other stuff is just kind of hearsay, right? Like, hundred uh, percent, yeah. 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 I remember you had a video, I think it was like two weeks ago um, where someone brought something in and and they need, they keep being told that they need to replace X, Y, and Z. And you're like, no, that's not even the problem. (laughs) That has nothing to do with it. I think it was like a starter or something like that, but it turned out to be a a rocker or something else like that. I I forget at the moment, but.
1: No, I know exactly what you're talking about. I've had uh, here just in the last month to two months, I've had five of the same issue. And the issue is (sighs) their car is running fine one day. And then the next day on a cold start, something to them seems just a little off. It was just a touch bit slow Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and they're out driving it, you know, and enjoying the car and some, you know, they stop for gas or they go somewhere to get a bite to eat or and an even more recent one. It actually died going on to the interstate. And, they, and their vehicle ends up shutting off. It, the oh. motor stops running. OK, so they pull over or put in wherever they're at and they're back in park and they try to restart it. Well, it tries to start and it's an extremely slow and low sound dragging.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like the motor's having such a super hard time to turn over. It can't, it's like gasping for air, but you can't gasp for the air. Gotcha. And then it just, there's nothing. The button won't work. It doesn't go click, 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 click.
2: Mm-hmm. It doesn't do anything.
1: What has just happened is the starter has just had an excessive amount of a power surge on amperage draw and backfed through the system and blew the 300-amp battery fuse that supplies it power to be able to turn it over Uh from all of the excess strain that is caused, typically, not always, from a bearing failure because you can have the motor still turn over with a rod bearing going bad or getting ready to go out or if it tries to window the block Mm -hmm. it'll still turn if the mains go it's not gonna turn it'll lock up bigger than a hat band on a hat Mm -hmm. you're not moving it now it could also could have blown a head gasket got a hydro lock well if you pull all the plugs out the motor will still turn over. These motors won't turn over when they're hot because everything is just locked.
0: Locked up, yeah. And
1: the biggest uh, has been uh, crappy bearings have been failures. Excessive bearing clearance have been failures. I mean, there's other issues that will cause the failures in that area, but That's typically what it comes down to. If you can't spin it over, you had something locked up. So you got to figure out what locked up and why.
0: Yeah, and Mm -hmm. information from your your buddy or online or a friend of a friend's cousin, right, that lives around the corner, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. That information isn't going to help you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Not always. It may give you a point of reference to start. Mm -hmm. And some of it, not everybody, there are some good information sources out there. But if they're not in the trenches doing it constantly and they're asking people. It's your chances of it being successful are extremely limited. Versus getting a reputable person who's been doing it for. Mm. However, many years, I mean, I've been doing it professionally since 2008. I've been in the mm -hmm, and performance has always been there. And so that's a different ballgame, but you gotta deliver enough information to provide the doctor to get to the source, right? Yeah. And that's exactly what a mechanic is. I'm a doctor, I'm a surgeon, I'm a detective, I'm a comforter, Mm -hmm. you know. There's so many hats that you actually wear if you break it down through the sections and with the customer.
0: Dude, that's that's a fantastic analogy. I never, Honestly, I never thought about that, right? I brought my car in a lot of times, but what you just described and when I think through like my interactions with, with a car, car mechanic or a repair shop, you got to do a lot of those things, right? You have to have empathy because their product is not working up to their expectation right so Mm -hmm. and as as we all know right people could be uh get a little frustrated right because that's digging into their lifestyle their livelihood their ability to go from a to b to c to pick up the kids or whatever it is um but dude that's awesome that's like the best analogy that i think i've ever heard uh for a mechanic that um not only do you wear different hats, you also wear different coats, like a doctor or 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 uh, an analyst or anything like that. <laughs> that's that's awesome. I've never heard that before. <laughs> yeah, that
1: and, but my other part of my background, because see, there's a lot out there. we'll I'll dive into this real quick because I know you want to move yeah. into some of the other stuff. okay good. who believe they know how to build a motor and how to clean. A motor well I used to be one of those guys I really did until I worked in a full-blown engine machine shop that built primarily nothing but race engines and let me tell you I didn't know my butt from a monkey's hole in the ground <laughs> at all and the, the thoroughness that you actually should have when it comes to building the motors doesn't happen in 99% of uh, the areas are out and around period because they just don't a lot for the time they want it done now but that was a completely different eye-opener when I actually worked in a engine machine shop yeah and then I also get the question I've had it pop up a few times Because we've had some built motors come in, and I've sent them back. And they're like, do you have someone that is a machinist? I don't ever claim to be a machinist because I'm not an actual engine assembler. Mm -hmm. But as for a builder and knowing what to look for and how to tear it down and properly inspect it, clean it, and reassemble it, I can catch them. <laughs> so, yeah, I have a machinist background and a lot really don't know how to how to deal with that when you kick it back at them.
0: Uh, yeah, especially, I could imagine. right? Mm-hmm,
1: especially when you get nerdy on them and use uh, technical terms like some like the uh, example is they claim that there's no metal in some of these machine shops. Well that's a false statement is all get out because if you do any type of machining, you have metal. Yeah. When you pour the block, you've had metal shavings. If you hone the block, when you deck the block, there's it's all from the machining process. There's yeah. gonna be metal. <laughs> that's the funny yeah. stuff. But but one of the biggest things I've been in here lately. Is my fitness goal. My yeah, fitness that's where journey. we're going
0: next, man. I want to hear all about it. I, I know you just uh, eclipsed over a thousand pounds. Yes, sir. And uh, leg press, which is fucking insane, brother. But but take take me back. What what got you into fitness and your journey, right? I know it's a little more recent um, in mm-hmm. terms of of actually setting a goal for something like that right four digits i mean that's that's bonkers dude um but then again i, I do bonkers shit too so um <laughs> kind of tell us just a little little bit about like uh your start recently on uh, this leg press quest and I, i'm going to get into the other things that you got now on your radar that you want to you want to go after so All
1: right. well it's been well, we're in 2023. It's been two years. Oh, okay. well, two and a half years, really. I didn't have anybody that drew me to the gym when I was younger. I mm-hmm. didn't do sports in high school and all that. Um, and I was at a point to where I had enough hoax. From people, and the way I felt, I wasn't happy with, and I didn't like what I saw in the mirror. I just finally hit that point at that age. I mean, I'll be forty this year, so it really started to hit me at thirty-eight. Wow, pretty recent. Yeah, and it was, you know, you do mechanics as long as I have and the guys that have been doing it longer, they're going to resonate with... It takes a toll on you. The yeah. vibrations through impact wrenches, your air ratchets, your 3-8 guns, all of it. it when you have a uh, ricochet come back from breaking bolts loose, mm-hmm. that's the worst now. It gives me chills. Just thinking about it, and you get that recoil pop through and it travels up. Yeah. And I had uh, I was in a mastermind group and my business coach before he became my business coach would just nudge just right. And so initially back in in 21 I did start to get into the gym. Mm-hmm. There was a spell where I think I stayed like 3 months solid and I had an accountability partner, and so we were going, doing videos, trying to you know get back into it. Well, his schedule ended up changing, and I hadn't been doing it long enough to make it a a habit.
0: Yeah.
1: Or to make it a my, part of my lifestyle. So I fell off, like everybody. I had all the excuses, but it was easy. For me, just not to go because I hadn't really achieved anything that I knew I could achieve or wanted to achieve. I didn't have gold with it, it was mm-hmm. just getting back in shape. And that was pretty much it. So after <clears throat> that, in the mastermind, They would bring it up, light up, you know, light a fire under my ass about it. (laughs) You're like, if you're going to do it, come on. So. 38, January. First of 2022, Mm -hmm. I got serious with it. For the first. Four months. I was in the gym. Three days a week. And then I finally, I was looking at trainers in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And my initial trainer was a competitor. And it just didn't work out for us to get together. Because of that. Then my next trainer. Who I was attracted to. From his work ethic. Was James Garland. We got Amp Labs up in the house, Mm y'all. So if you need a good trainer, you talk to Jimmy. Hmm. He was my first trainer. And we were two days a week. And I wanted him solely for upper body. Now, the purpose of a trainer is not to do the weight for you. Mm -hmm. They are solely there for their knowledge to make sure you're doing your form and technique right and to train you in the proper exercises to achieve what you want to achieve. Yeah, There's a lot of bad spin on trainers and people have a total misunderstanding of what their trainer is actually supposed to do. It's their responsibility. Well, no, your responsibility is to show up each and every time on time, if not early, and do the work that they tell you to do and then you're supposed to learn it and remember it and incorporate it as you grow because you have to build the proper foundation before you can even expand on it so i was with jimmy for six yeah six months six is six months and then his schedule ended up changing to where our timetables didn't align, and I wasn't able to alter mine to yeah. where we yeah. could stay working together. And during this time, I was getting in my leg press for my lower body regimen. I was pretty pretty sound with the exercises I had going on, because with the original first person I was trying to work with. I just stayed with his evaluation regimen that he took me through Mm -hmm. and that was working for me. I was happy. I was moving weight and I could tell the difference.
0: And Mm -hmm. really, really quick. And the goal at this time wasn't to lift a lot of weight, right? It was just to get back into the gym, starting to be a little more healthy, uh, get a little stronger, tone, toner, get the right form, right? You weren't, you weren't thinking anything like a longer term goal or had your sights mm-hmm. on like competition or anything like that, right? You didn't have No,
1: nothing yet. Not to that point yet. Um, let's see, where was I? Uh, no, I didn't have any of the heavyweight goals there yet. Mm-hmm. Those would develop later in the year the more closer we got to the end of 2022 rolling into 2023 but after his uh, his schedule changed and then my it just didn't mesh there was about a 2 month period that I didn't have a trainer and I was I didn't know if I wanted another one, but I ended up getting another one. And I've been working with her ever since. That's Carrie. And -hmm. we've been together since the middle of October of last year. Okay. And this is where things start to change. Because I have a a circle. Your circle is so important. You're like, they would, how many plates are you going to do the day? When I would get to the leg press, or after they saw my video, I'm like, hey, how many plates are you going to do? So I was like, okay. And there's always been the big hype about the thousand pound club. Mm-hmm. Well, that kind of snuck in, in in the background about that. But the way they measure it for the thousand pound club is your bench press, your deadlift and your squat well so like all combined really, mm-hmm, all combined will put you into the thousand pound club well i wasn't uh doing a whole lot of bench press or deadlifts or squats mm-hmm. i was happy with learning the dumbbells getting proper movement on cables mm-hmm. and what I was doing on leg press. with And leg curls and extensions. Inner and outer. Hip adductors. So. I hit a point. That. I broke. 800. And then it just. The bug hit me. It was once I hit a weight level. And I broke it. That's where the bug came in. Yeah. Like, so after that came in, I wanted to see where I could go.
0: How, how many plates is 800, by the way? Plates on each side.
1: Um, It's around, it depends on the machine. Okay. Because I go to two different gyms, so each head unit of the hip sled is different.
0: Different, yeah.
1: It's different. So when I that was it's going to be close to eight plates okay <laughs> plus the plus the machine it, it's going to get machine. you really close and so once i did that i was i had no idea who i actually had spot me one day went cuz i wanted to try it yeah. i knew i could do seven plates no problem but i was already tired cuz my reps i do four sets of 15 I go for longevity. I don't do the, the low route. Yeah. I got trained by old uh, old school bodybuilders. Yeah. So the more reps it count, and I have the energy and strength that I can go the distance. But the day that I broke it, I asked a gentleman that I only ever knew his first name in mm-hmm. the gym. It was Gene. I asked Mr. Gene if he'd spot me. Well, he spotted me that day and he got a solid seven reps out of me. Wow. Yeah, I wasn't, I was going to go for five, but he got, he pushed me to another two. Mm -hmm. So I was like, all right, well, if I can hit that, then I can hit the next level. Mm -hmm. And if I can hit the next level, I can hit the next level. And it just, I just kept stacking it. And that's what it it took. Because the way I look at weight is different than how other people look at weight. Mm -hmm. I don't throw typically the 25 or a 10 or a 5 or 2 or anything else on it. I throw a plate. A plate yeah. is only forty-five pounds, so my one for leg press and in the other areas, the that plate for me is how everybody else looks at that that ten pound or that twenty-five pound or a five pound.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's just how it works, and that's how I eat it.
0: <laughs> Shit, man, that's that's a lot. That's a lot to eat. Uh, as you you go up weight
1: well for that's how a lot of people see it and that's a lot but i see it the opposite for me it's not a lot i see the 45 as the 10 pound yep that makes sense and so i would if i can lift 45 pounds no matter what you can lift 45 pounds I can lift 90 pounds because it's essentially what you're adding yeah. every time because it's one on each side. I can lift 90 pounds. It's only 90 pounds. So when you stay in that focus, is only this much, and you don't let others tell you that's a lot of weight, or are you sure you can do that, or
2: mm-hmm.
1: any of the other things that they're just accustomed to saying, you're going to do it. Because I knew if I could get if I could get 860, I could get 950. If I could get 950, I could get the 1,010 I wanted. Mm -hmm. And that's just where it became and that bug, just like when you have horsepower. Everybody likes to talk about, oh, they've got 500 horsepower, 600 horsepower and I feel like We're so back in 1992, 1994 numbers. Hmm. We're in 2023. You should be able to have 850 horsepower reliably daily driven, and you should be able to get 18 to 23 miles to the gallon with it, with your foot out of it. So Mm -hmm. if you just drive it, you should be able to have, but if you want to use it, you should be able to use it and it should work. But everybody, ah, so the weight was my horsepower and i wanted more and more and i got my more and more
0: yeah, you're, and you're I, up over 1100 pounds and from about when you finished the 800 what about three and a half months something like that
1: yeah somewhere in there so,
0: something like that yeah
1: mm-hmm. it that, took but that's huge but here's stuff. it is it is very huge But here's the thing for all you guys listening. This didn't happen overnight, okay? Understand, when I started my fitness journey on the leg press machine, my first gym I went to and where I pretty much go, the head unit weighs 120 pounds. I could only do that with a single 45 on one side. So I could only do 165 pounds when I first started of actually doing leg presses. And it took me a year. This was a solid year of work. Mm-hmm. I went from three days in the gym to five days in the gym. I also take supplement. It took months to figure out what I like and what I didn't like. I know what protein Because we don't get good protein, really, and none of this processed junk or anything like that. So I want good protein. I also went through pumps and pre-workouts, and I know what works for me, but it took months and months to find what my body responded to. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. So many give up those things. When the light is really just around the corner. And you just gotta stay with it. Cause if you don't, you're never gonna see the result.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. And and uh to get back to what you're just describing, it's about that consistency, right? It's getting into the gym on the days you don't feel like it, your muscles are going to be sore just like you said earlier, before we started, your hip was giving you problems here and there more recently due to stretches, right? But you still got up and you went in, you put in the work. And the reality is, is every step forward is progress, right? Even if it doesn't feel like it, even if your emotional side, your your mind says, I ain't doing it. Well, let's face it, after about five, 10 minutes in the gym, you're either going to, Feel like shit, or you're gonna go, that wasn't that bad. Let's keep going, All right?
1: A hundred percent. But here's the thing: when you first get going to the gym, understand that everybody is on different levels, mm-hmm. they're at different points of their own journey. Where you are is where you are. Don't compare yourself to what anybody else is doing. Because you can get the most benefit out of doing light weights weights with the correct form and technique as you – more than you can lift and heavy. Heavy is just for building strength Mm -hmm. and putting on mass. The lightweight is where it truly is because that's where the bodybuilders, the beach bodies – Anything you can imagine on that shred, how you want to define it and look, that's where it's at. Along with the reps, those are your
0: keys. It's it's funny you say that. I I do some coaching on the side for different athletes, right? Uh, Especially in the ultra-endurance space, right? Because I really enjoy triathlons. A few years ago, I got into ultra-running that for anybody that doesn't know what that is, it's any distance longer or greater than a marathon, right? 26.2 miles uh, is a marathon. Um, and I'm a big dude, right? I'm I'm over six feet tall. A few months ago, I was like 250 uh, and I completed my very first hundred mile race on the third attempt within 12 months, right? And that is a grueling fricking thing, but you're absolutely right. It's show up, put in the work, and you don't have to lift a ton of weight. Like I'm in the gym five days a week, and I lift probably less than everybody there. And and I'm not trying to, to compare, but I take my time, I stick to the number of reps I need, and I focus on form. Because when you're trying to go for these goals, just like your 1,000-pound-plus and what we'll talk about in a second about the competition that you want to get into. Uh, For any of the distances that I do, it's not about the muscle mass. It's about the muscle endurance over time, right? Because if you don't have the stamina in your muscles, they're going to fail either way. I mean, you could be as big as the rock, or you could be a little toothpick, like a little lot like a lot of these Ethiopian runners that you see winning Boston New York marathons, right? Um, right. Um, or Kenyans, I'm sorry wrong 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 state Ethiopians also run, but Kenyans are pretty world famous of late for uh, all their running distances and they're not big and bulky, right? I personally don't want to be a big and bulky dude. I was that guy and when I was in high school, I played uh, football and I don't think I ever hit the uh, thousand pounds in one, but I definitely was over a thousand pounds collectively because uh, I was just a fat mf'er at the time. <laughs> but um, but it's, m- moving forward, because I don't want to go too much into myself. But but I agree. I think that when you set that goal and you start working backwards, right? You say, "Hey, you know what? In a few months, I'm gonna hit." 1,100 pounds, 1,000 pounds is the goal, right? I'm going to keep going. And you work backwards. Okay. And you said it beautifully. You are where you are at today. Don't compare yourself to anybody else around you, right? Because none of that matters, right? It's You, you can't jump from where you're standing to where you think someone else is because you don't know everything about them, right? Exactly. You can only go from, you can only go from where you're at. And uh, that's where you have to, like, put down your ego, right? And really think through it.
1: Exactly. Oh, tremendously. You, there's no room for the ego for you to achieve your goals. It's good to be confident,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but it's not good to be arrogant. Yeah. Well said. Now for your little teaser you've been going at.
0: Yeah.
1: Well when i initially went for my goal
2: uh i actually
1: didn't fail at it somebody else was doing the math huh. and instead i failed at it and so i was like i was still good with where i thought i ended up with cuz it was a lot of freaking weight yeah but the initial goal was just to break a thousand to hit a thousand ten because that's where the math was going to end up.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: The other goal came about because it's where I failed at. Actually, I hit the thousand twenty and I failed at eleven ten. So eleven ten became the new goal,
0: and you failed at it,
1: <laughs> right? And where I failed at it is when. They thought I had 930 and the next one was going to break a thousand. Well, the next one was the, it was more than that. It was the 1110. I hit the 930 was actually a thousand twenty. When you go back uh, think, and review yeah. the footage and you count the plates, because we set the machine up how I set it up at the other gym.
0: Oh, and, and you didn't, they didn't account for the weight of the sled. Huh? Uh-huh,
1: exactly. 100%, that's what happened.
0: <laughs> oh, man. I, I bet and it would have been, when you heard that, you were probably a little flustered, right? And then you're like, yeah. you, you have to go through and kind of recalculate what everything is, right?
1: No, because when I was, uh, I was pretty tired, but I was really happy still with believing initially that I only hit 930 pounds because I just um, maybe a, a month before that broke 800
0: so, and so got for the
1: X amount of reps.
0: So for the the 930 when you pushed it, which was really a, a 1020, right? Um, yes. Was that the very first time you actually pushed it?
1: Yes. That was the very the very first time I actually, and I did, but my video failed. I think I had a phone call come through because okay, it caught yeah. the tail end after I was getting up.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But I actually did it twice, and I had different witnesses that actually saw me push it. And in, in the beginning of the video, a woman even commented, he's got a lot of weight on there. Mm-hmm. And it was like, yeah. But I did it twice. And then, when I redid my goal, when I got to the thousand twenty again, mm-hmm. just to show it wasn't a fluke, I pressed it twice, yeah, before moving for the eleven ten.
0: now did you do that all in the same day or did, and in yes. the same location or
1: Yes, it was at uh, legacy barbell with my trainer and yeah. my business coach when I uh, ended the year out with it, it was Sweet. literally, a, um, it was literally a month, a month to the day later when I went for that much weight again.
0: Wow. Now, that's, that's fast progression to go up uh two, three, almost a little more than 300 pounds. Well, um, but you're, you're, you're counting plates. Like people count inches, you're counting feet, right? I mean, yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Now, for the little bug that came about, I was at a bodybuilding show Mm -hmm. that had a strongman competition going on. I was there to support my trainer, my first trainer at the time, Mm -hmm. checking him out, seeing his boost, seeing his other products, and just mingling and meeting other vendors. Well, there was a competition going on besides the bodybuilding, which was nice. Mm -hmm. And it's pretty amazing how some of uh, these men and women look and what they actually can achieve on their definition. Mm -hmm. That was all interesting and finding dandy. But what caught me was the competition going on. Now, the competition, I was a strongman competition. Wow. And I just wanted to go in and join. And I had multiple people tell me, oh, that's, you're not ready for that. That's totally different training. I don't care. <laughs> I want to go see if I can do it.
0: Yeah, definitely. And so
1: now, now that I shattered the thousand pound club atmosphere thing just with one exercise. Mm-hmm. my main focus and drive is a strongman competition because that really, really grabs my attention.
0: Now, now let me ask you this. On the strongman competition, uh, is it multi-lift or do they have like single lift uh, slots that you're competing against? Or do you have to be all around? What, what Kind of describe what that strongman competition looks like.
1: It is all, it's a very diverse. Um, okay. Okay it's all around Uh, some of the competition you have what they call a farmer's walk,
0: Mm -hmm. which
1: for, I guess it originated from farmers because they're always carrying buckets Mm -hmm. down through the field, you know, with feed or water, wherever they got to go with it or back up to the house. Mm -hmm. So, they incorporated the farmer's walk. And that's what and it's the only way I can understand it yeah. where it came from. You're carrying a bunch of heavy crap for X amount of distance. Yep. <laughs> okay. and You've got that one. Moving giant boulders which they call the atlas stones
2: okay. from I the ground
1: me. onto a pedestal. That is interesting but it's not overly attractive to me, but it, it's one of those I'll we'll see. Mm-hmm. I will try it. Squats are in there. Some of the uh, older style strongman is going to be hopefully coming back around because back in the day they actually used to lay on their backs under platforms and press lock. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, I've seen that.
1: You also have the log press Mm -hmm. where you uh, power clean, pull it up and clean it from the floor and you press it overhead. Mm -hmm. They've got that. They've got a different type of squat. That's the keg barrel squat or keg basket squat and that's actually going to be coming up real soon here locally that I'm going to go attend the event. Mm -hmm. But it's a basket that's got X amount of kegs in it already. And you have to pick it up and you have to squat it and stand back up. So you've got to hold position and stay Mm -hmm. loaded. And then another keg gets rolled or thrown or dropped into the basket. And then you have to squat it again. And it's kind of I guess you go to the point of failure, yeah, where you can't lift it no more, and it's just one repetition there,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but uh, one of the other big ones that attracts my attention is the Hercules, okay now, for all you viewers out there who have ever watched the movie Hercules, not Kevin Sorbos, not that Hercules. The Hercules with. The Rock. Dwayne Johnson in it. When they're down in the dungeon and he's getting ready to kill the woman and the guy from John Wick who owns the hotel is yelling at him of who he really is and he's chained to the two pillars. Mm -hmm. Okay, And he actually rips them out the chains out of the pillars with two big blocks and smashes the guy, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, so you get the premise. Yeah. You're holding the pillars.
0: Oh, out like like that, right?
1: No, you're just down at oh, an angle. Oh,
0: you're down at an angle. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha.
1: And the current the current holder is Mark Fileck right now, who has the record and then broke his record and reset the record. And I want to go for his record.
2: What's the record?
1: I think he's over three minutes.
0: Oh, wow. Three three minutes. What's what's the weight on uh, the sides that he's holding up?
1: Ooh. I don't know exactly the weight. But they're, like, 15 to 20 foot tall. Somewhere in there.
0: But, but I mean, you're just...
1: Yeah, and it's... It's just like the the pendulum pickup, yeah. where you start way forward, and it's only two hundred and fifty pounds, and by the time you get to the back, you're mm-hmm. at like seven hundred and twenty. So you're at the back of the pendulum, downward angle, and this is all going to be mental grip,
0: grip, shoulder,
1: yeah. back, by everything, because you have to stay stationary. And once you say go, and they pull and let the weight you you're holding it until you can't hold it no more
0: until you got to let go, and then it crashes yeah. down, and yeah, mm-hmm. and then Man, they
1: reset that, it.
0: Yeah, that that sounds um, that just sounds bonkers, dude.
1: <laughs> oh, it's pretty, it's pretty awesome. it it, it is
0: awesome because i'm sitting here trying to visualize it. right i'm like oh man like that that is one crazy hold because you're you're contracting in in a lot of muscles at the same exact time on both sides of your body while still standing up Um, yes and if you sway one side too much or if you have some muscle imbalances it's it's going to you're, you're going to get, get wrecked. dragged yeah you're going to get wrecked <laughs>
1: yeah that's when you have to let go and
0: yeah
1: oh man it's that that one really gets my attention along with the show from um eddie hall brian shaw robert o'neill nick best they're huge strongman competition all of them multiple time winners, mm-hmm. and they did that show discovery did that series. There's a lot of the ones that they went around and did that I'd like to try. There's also the uh, the fire truck pool or the airplane pool or the okay. bus whatever pool that they end up using really big heavy apparatus that. Um, I want to see if I can do it. <laughs> I yeah, want to try and
0: pull it. I, I just saw um, it's one of those guys who are connected to. Uh, Mark, I forget his last name. Um, Henry. Yeah, I just seen him uh, pull like a fire truck or like a semi mm-hmm. like two, three weeks ago on one of his um, postings and something like that. I think he's up in the Dallas area. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was just like, dude, that, I remember seeing those, I think on like ESPN in like the 90s. Right, they used to show a lot of strongman competition uh, back in the day. Hadn't seen it for a while on television, uh, but mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, it's still there. When when are you targeting that uh, you're going to enter in the next one?
1: Well, if I wouldn't have screwed myself up from doing some new stretches, I would have went for the competition coming up here in April. Okay, but I probably and and should only be a spectator. And not try to do nothing crazy and build myself up for, there's two competitions in June Mm -hmm. that are in Dallas. I just have to pick one of them. But they're similar in the competitions on what will actually be done.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. Now, do you have to alter the, the training, right? So a lot of the training that you've yes. had um, for leg press and then some hamstrings, right? you got to balance out the muscles in, in those areas. Uh, for some of these other events that you're going to get into for strongman, do you have to alter your training much?
1: Yes. You, you want to train. You want to keep the areas that you have become efficient in now
2: mm-hmm.
1: going, where you just keep the muscle memory alive you don't have to push you know i'm not trying to push a thousand pounds again while i'm doing all this other training but it's more more upper body so i'm doing more bench press more squats and more deadlifts Mm -hmm. to accommodate for the different types of lifts and movements that have to be done with these competitions because you are
0: that, that makes sense. I, I'd imagine you also have to work a lot on your core as well, right? Stability is going to be huge, uh, especially for Hercules, or if you decide to, to lift any of the Atlas stones. I know you said that one doesn't resonate as much, but I, c- I could imagine just any one of these, right? Your core has got to be pretty tight for, from a stability point of view.
1: Oh, yes. You know, your, your stabilizers are key. I mean, you can have some of the biggest dudes in the world, but if if their stabilizers aren't there, they're not going to perform or be able to do it at all. And that's one of the huge things that you have to work on is your your balance and your other stabilizers. Just because you have the big muscles, it's the little muscles that do all the the work. The big muscles just support.
0: Yeah, That's That's so true. That's so true. I see that in triathlons and endurance running. Uh, when I first started, and I've only gotten into it, what, three, four plus years ago, uh, ultra running in the last two years, um, I've had weak core muscles, man. And after a while, you just get tired. And for any one of these, you're swimming, biking, running, or even hiking, uh, mountain runs, et cetera. If you don't have a good strong core, you're going to you get tired out fast. Um, and then late stage in the game, you're, pretty much just on fumes at that point right and it's a lot harder i found myself uh how do you say uh, hunching over towards like the last like twenty, twenty 20 miles or two three hours of whatever event it was and just like getting even more tired because then when you're hunched over you can't breathe as well right and, course, and that's
1: hmm. where even though on the endurance but do, you don't ever want that to happen during any of your pools yeah or workouts because that's where that's where you get tremendously hurt and injured and that's because the stabilizers have hit their point mm-hmm. and the, there, there's nothing left in the tank for them and if you don't have enough and the big muscles to, to counteract the stabilizers you, you're done
0: you're, you're, you're cooked you're cooked well man <laughs> I wish you the best of luck as you go towards a strongman activities, man. And, and uh, let me know when you're going to sign up for the competition. I'll see if I can make it out to Dallas. That's just a little far from uh, where I'm at. I mean, where we kind of live right around the corner from each other here in the Houston uh, Conroe area anyway. So, uh, but man, it's been a pleasure chatting with me. I got one last question for you. Tell everybody what your mission is. Now, what are you really aiming to do? Not just in strongman, but what is it about that, uh, Anthony Shepard, that you're going to leave your mark on the world? Tough question. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's a really good question. the The mark actually will tend to stay similar or parallel what the goal is. And right now, the goal is for me is just redefining myself mm-hmm. and finding me that's why I really haven't pushed any of my business or my side work that I do because it's been more about taking the time to find myself of who I am versus who I think I was going to be or I should be or was told I was supposed to be Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so the mark I guess, and what I am going to leave or have been leaving is to show others that they can achieve what I have achieved. A lot of these people that do the strongman are big SOBs. I'm not that big of a guy. All right. I come. my I'm 5'10 and I'm holding at 209 pounds and I'm moving what I'm moving. Yeah, we're talking about guys that are 6'3, 6'5, 6'8, 350, and up. So that's my mark is showing and taking everyone on the journey as I go through it, is they can achieve it because I look just like them. Mm -hmm. I was there just as they were, and they can accomplish. What I have accomplished, if that's what they want to choose to accomplish, but that's the key. They have to choose. That's what they want, and then they have to be dedicated to doing it. You can't just go one day a week. You can't just go two days a week. You've got to a minimum of three days a week, and you're going to be there at least an hour to two hours every time you're in a gym. So if you're not willing to do that, then you're not going to achieve results. Just like in business, if you're not going to dedicate the time to put in the work, you will not achieve the results. So you have nothing to complain for the work you did not do.
0: Mm -hmm. Well well put, my friend. Well put. Uh, Where can people find you if they have more questions about uh, auto mechanics, Corvette, uh, engines, or even if they want to come hang out with you and check you out in the gym as you're uh, training for the strongman, where can they locate you at?
1: All right, my uh, the gym ah uh, the gym I'm there on the weekends Saturday and Sunday at Legacy Barbell, which is now Legion Barbell due okay. to some logistics. So their name is getting changed, but it's still the same place, still the same owners, just that. If you want to find me on Instagram, it's a n p underscore garage. And Facebook is just my name, Anthony Shepard. And that's where the majority of all my personal development uh, goes on and what all's going throughout, just as me personally, more or less away from the business. It has been a blast. And uh, thank you so much for having me on the show, Stephen.
0: Excellent, Anthony. I I mean, brother, I'm so happy you uh, took the invite to join us. we got to learn a little bit about you, kind of the struggles, where you came from, as well as you taught us a bunch of stuff about cars that I didn't even know about. You know, I used to be a mechanic years ago, but I'm learning a lot from you. I can't wait to hang out even more. Check you out at the gym. And for everybody listening and watching, Go check out Anthony, either on Facebook, Instagram, or go hang out with him at the gym. He's doing some awesome stuff, and we're all standing behind you, cheering you on as you get ready to go compete within a strongman competition in the near future. Thanks for joining us, everybody, for the Ultra Catalyst podcast. We had Anthony and Steven on our show today. Remember, hit like below, subscribe to us on the YouTube channel. You can check out this podcast on all kinds of different channels. And once again, just remember, identify what it is in your life that you want to ignite that change and find the best way that you can move forward and live the best life you can. Thanks for tuning in. We'll check it with you next Sunday. Later on, everybody.